Welcome back to the show, Plugged In, with myself, Adam Cianzrillo. I'm here with Shane Doyle. We are finally sitting down and getting one of these in. Uh, been a crazy few weeks, as always, in January, but what's up, Shane? What's new? Oh, nothing much. Uh, been a pretty quiet year racing-wise, you know, nothing really crazy has happened, so that's been good, but um, yeah, how's it been for you? <sighs> it's been muddy. It's been muddy, man. What's up with that? Dude, I don't know. That was very sarcastic. It's it's been a wild year, wild wild three three weeks of twenty twenty four. But um, yeah, the weather out here has not been well for us. I uh, San Francisco was was something special. I haven't raced a, a mud race that gnarly since maybe ever. To be honest with you, I felt like I'd never ridden before in my life. I'm glad that's over. I think we have good weather in store for us. Um, Anaheim two this weekend. Seventy degrees, I think. Seventy. Sixty eight or seventy something in there. I'm gonna bring the sunscreen. Um, but yeah, it's been been crazy. We had the whole. It's great timing. It's great timing because we had the whole WWE matchup going on. It's a great time to be a Supercross fan. We got people grabbing people's helmets, fans all over the place. The social media engagement is is through the roof right now. How's that been looking? Yeah, the Supercross live social media has definitely been popping off in San Diego. Yeah, what about what about mine? How am I doing? I mean, yours, I, I so yours is good too. Yeah, so I've got uh, we're three rounds in. I think I was twelfth, eighth, uh, and thirteenth at this last one. With those numbers, to impression ratio on my social, where, where am I at? Like, am I doing better than uh, the twelfth place guy in points should be? Yes, the impressions are definitely better than results. And and what has helped that is your walk-in fit at San Diego definitely propped those numbers up just a bit. Yeah, so we had our retro weekend at San Diego, and I'm a last-minute guy. So um, Jess and I went to the mall the, the day before, Friday, and I, we went to this retro store, and I asked them if they had any Orlando Magic stuff. And, yeah, I ended up with that starter jacket. I was stoked. I'm more stoked on the sunglasses, though. The white frames. Yeah, I feel are, like those you, you actually wear those, like, Normally, though, I, I do. Like. I do. Yeah. Jess's glasses were sick. Yeah. The flames. Yeah. Those were sick. I don't know where she got those, but those are sick. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess as far as the season goes, I guess we'll we'll get my my stuff out of the way um, quickly. Um, it's well, the first race, uh, big, big arm pump problem for me um, was was not feeling great all day, but I had a relatively clean night of racing. I was just really trying to get through it. Um, and I actually ended up battling with Jorge Prado, which we'll talk about a little bit later. He's been doing really well, um, over here from, uh, you know, the MXGPs and, and getting to know Supercross, but we had this vicious battle going for 12th and he slammed, I didn't know he was there. He slammed me in the last turn and I have a broken ring finger on my left side. So now it's like, I really don't even have any hands to hang on out there. Cause the right one's all, the right one's already bad. Um, so, yeah, it's just been kind of survival for me. I haven't been able to ride during the week too much, um, really just doing starts and, and working on some stuff, trying not to, to make this thing worse. But um, I will say mentally, for me, for whatever reason, I mean, I know the reason. It's things we talked about last year on this show. But I've gotten to such a better place mentally. Like, even though my results haven't been great and – you know, you have the new generation that's taken full force now, you know, Jet, Chase, and and really through, you know, 2020, 2019, like going into my rookie year on the 450, it was, 
you know, like I was the guy that everybody was talking about. Right. And you fast forward and, and life happens and, and I'm really, I'm kind of in the background so far, especially, you know, once I get some good results, I'll, I'll kind of be more up in it. Um, but the reason why I bring that up is because I'm, I find myself at peace a lot. You know, I can still be pissed off at my results, of course, and like want to do better. Um, and you're always a little bummed on Sundays, right? Like after you have a, have a bad race, but uh, I feel like maybe this is the first time in my career that I've truly enjoyed the, the process of, of, of doing things and the stress hasn't kind of overtaken me. You know, I think that kind of started trending in the right direction for me at the end of last year. And that's why, you know, the first three races haven't gone great, but I think if I, if I just continue to have this attitude and, and, and string together good days and I'm proud of my work, I think we'll, I think we'll be just fine. Yeah. I will definitely say your attitude's been better this year. Right. There like, were times last year where I was like, Oh man, I need to call him and check in on him on Saturday night. After yeah, the race, but totally. It's been good. Yeah. I mean, how's the, uh, how's the new motorcycle been? I know you and Anderson got the new bike and you know, I'm sure it's been a learning process, but how's that been? Yeah, it's always, you know, obviously doing more testing with, with the new bike when we so for people that don't know, we get a new chassis every four years. So every two years, the 250 changes, and the next two years, the 450 changes. That's generally how it works. Um, it wasn't anything for me that was, it didn't really take me a whole lot of time to, like, get comfortable on it. Like, right away, I felt it was a more maneuverable motorcycle. And kind of ac- across the board, I mean, it, it wasn't, it didn't take us long to get it better than where we were in, in 2023. So somehow we found a way to make it more stable and, and also turn a bit more. Um, one of my problems last year was kind of front end traction, you know? And yeah, I mean, I think you can see Jason is ripping right now and I haven't been able to rip yet, but I'm, I'm hoping to show you something soon. Can we talk about the seat? What was, is that, is that new or is that, uh, what was the deal with the seat? Yeah, this, <laughs> I, when did that, when did I put that on? Dude, I don't know. I just, all of a sudden I just see Nick posting about it and now Nick can't touch the I, ground on your bike. I feel like I put that on at the end of Supercross last year, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, it, it for, <laughs> for me, man, I've got two reconstructed knees, right? And I'm, I'm a lanky guy. Like I, I got some long legs, um, and my crew chief Oscar had the idea to to throw the tall seat on and and dude it's been love it it was love at first sight for me. Does that help the other issues like being able to I guess squeeze more with your knees maybe? Well, th- yeah, that's the thing. I was trying to kind of you kind of try to squat the bike down with your kind of you use your legs and your butt and, and your body weight to hold the back end down in the whoops, you know. And I was watching tape and like they say squeeze with your knees, right? And my knees are above the my knees are above the seat, so now um, I'm looking more like Dino out there. You know, I think Dino and I are the only ones on the tall seat. I, obviously, Benny Bloss, he's got to be, I assume. Yeah, Benny's Benny's seat's probably like twice the size of y'all's. Yeah, and I I, I, um, I have some new bar mounts too. Made the ball the the bars a bit higher, so yeah, we're we're full on Jeff Loop. Shout out to Jeff Loop. <laughs> oh man, uh, let's talk about the tracks. I, I feel like I mean, obviously, the last two have been muddy, so you're not really that great to see what they're like but the a1 track to me it seemed like the whoops were maybe a little bit smaller and they've added the uh i don't know what you call it that that table with like the shelf on it that's that's been in almost every track yeah it's weird so i actually came across this information at the first race so 
typically they build or always they either build whoops with a loader or whoops with a dozer and for whatever reason this year i was told they're only building whoops with a dozer um we had a dragon's back at at the first race and they took that out too and i was told there's going to be no more dragon's backs what, what what's the reason for that? Like for you as a rider, are the dragons back? That one seemed mellow to me. I, I would I still wouldn't. It was it, obviously, but it was yeah. I, I to, to be honest with you, I don't know. The only thing that I've seen so far with the tracks is at the end of the day, it's it's how many people we get to watch the race, and the better racing, um, you know, is better for everybody. Um, and I think obviously last year almost the entire field was injured by the end of Supercross, and, and that can't be good for ratings or, or really anybody. So, uh, yeah, I was told it's it's dozer whoops only now and only nine whoops, no more than nine whoops, no dragons backs, um, and, and they seem to kind of be keeping the track. It's hard because the last two were crazy muddy, but they seem to be keeping the tracks a little bit, a little, a little bit mellower, but at the same time, like, there's still – insanely hard like you watch you walk a track at the end of a main event and it's looks like enduro cross out there so I, I think the best guys will always rise to the top I think they're just trying to keep the racing a bit closer and obviously having two mutters of the first three is always going to put it kind of a different view on nobody's really found their place yet um, but I, I like what they're doing so far I think I think they needed to change something to keep everybody out there and I guess we'll see if it works who who has impressed you the most? For for me, it's been Cooper Webb. But who's who's mm. impressed you the most so far? Great question. Um, yeah, the only view of Cooper I've had is when he when I get blue flags and he jumps over my head. But <laughs> no, I, that's you know when we were kind of setting this up, that's who I that's who I thought of as well. It you know, and, and especially his off season, like he kind of got. He kind of got clapped at at Bercy, you know, and yeah. I, and I know, obviously Cooper is a a proven winner and champion, and ton of respect um, for that guy. But he he knew he needed to find more raw speed. Uh, it's pretty obvious to me from the outside looking in how much faster the pace has gotten in the last three years, you know, um, and and he needed to find a little bit more raw speed if he was going to compete with with. Chase and Jet, I would say, kind of the two favorites. Obviously, you have Eli, but him coming off an injury. Um, and he found a lot of raw speed. Like, even his times in practice now are uh, pretty dang fast. Like, he, he didn't he didn't used to have that kind of in the tank. You know, he was kind of the guy that was um, obviously really fit. Um, race strategy, maybe one of the smartest Supercross racers ever in terms of putting himself in the right position. But now he has that... Yeah, now he's got that speed, and right now everybody's kind of talking about Jet, Chase, Eli, all these guys, and he's, he's even though he has been really impressive, he's kind of sliding under the radar a little bit, which, um, yeah, he's definitely at the top of my list for somebody that could win win this title. Dude, he, he's just been, I mean, he's doing what Cooper Webb always does, right? He just grinds it out to the very end, always super close to the front. But like you said, that the raw speed has never really been his thing, but I don't know what star found or what he found but it's like night and day difference from his last two years at ktm i would say yeah a hundred percent and it's i think you always get a little bit when you leave a team you know and i i I think he felt like he was being held back there obviously there's ktm side uh, but he felt like he was being held back it was a kind of a weird breakup 
you know, halfway through outdoors. He was on the star bike for the, the SMX rounds last year. Um, but, you know, he won a couple championships for KTM and, and kind of how that ended. It wasn't, I, I didn't like to see that, you know, after somebody performed so well for the brand and, you know, obviously I don't know everything that went down, but um, you're always going to get a little extra motivation when you leave a team. Not that I would know. I've been with Cowie 20 years, but um, it, it just kind of seems to be, kind of seems to be the way that it is. But he's definitely, he is the definition of got that dog in you. You know, that's just, definitely. that's just Cooper. And <laughs> I don't know if you watched the Gypsy Tales podcast um, I think it was must have been last year, but uh, it popped up on my Instagram, and he was he was basically said something like I get like I gave him the dog like from from I, amateurs. I just watched that clip on the airplane actually from amateurs, right? And I'm like, man, does that mean we can like split bonus money or something? Yeah, get a little commission on that. <laughs> yeah, one? for real. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I've respected that guy forever. I, I've all I always knew he was going to be good. He was the only thing he was lacking a little bit was kind of that top in speed and you kind of have to have that now if you're going to win races and he's got it so it's going to be a fun year so before we move on to the the guys that have won races uh let's talk about eli real quick um everybody including myself honestly coming into anaheim i was like okay well he's probably going to pick up where he left off he'll still have the speed everything you've heard preseason has been he's flying he looked good in all these videos um it was it's kind of underwhelming in the first race you know the second race he got a podium um, where, where are you at with Eli right now? I don't know really. There's a few guys that pass the eye test, but I don't really know where I'm at with anybody fully. I mean, one dry race, and it's Anaheim 1. You never know. I mean, the guy that gets 10th, and there's plenty of times the guy got uh, guy that won the title got 8th at Anaheim, and you know they always find their way to the front. But then two mutters after that. Um, you kind of see who's racy, who's, who's aggressive. I think when we talk about people that have impressed us, we can't leave off um, – Aaron Plessinger, I think, obviously coming off a win this weekend, kind of his conditions, but he looks kind of like he looks like a different guy. Um, to me, I kind of looks like he did at Detroit last year. You know where he was where he was winning, looked like he was going to win that one. Um, but yeah, I think for Eli coming first, first, let's talk about how many guys tore their Achilles in twenty twenty three. We got Eli, we got Kirk Cousins, and Aaron Rodgers. Like, three phenomenal athletes in one year, Achilles. What's with that? I don't know. But it seems like, uh, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers did some, like, weird stuff to try and get it better or whatever. Some, he did, like, an experimental surgery Ayahuasca. or something. No, I think he did, like, some crazy <laughs> surgery, too. But, yes, that that as well. Um, but everything you hear from Eli says it's not that bad. So, I don't know if his wasn't as bad as the others. or. or well, what? I think we have the luxury of wearing boots. That, that is true. Too. It's definitely a little more protected. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm not sure where I'm at. With Eli, I think he's at the point, I've, I've mentioned it before, but I think he's at the point of his career now where he's kind of already cemented his legacy, right? Anything he does from here is is kind of extra. Um, and he's been that way for a couple years now since he got on the Yamaha. There's just this lightness about him, and uh, I, I don't think he's just lost it by any means. You know, I, I definitely think the level is rising, and, and we'll see if he can kind of go on one of those runs where he wins – you know, five, six, seven races. Um, I definitely think it's possible, but stay tuned, I guess. I'm not sure. Oh, we might get him on the podcast, by the way. I no. Did, I did talk to no. the uh, Yamaha PR people, and they said not right now. Obviously, he's getting back in the swing of things, but they did say later in the season we will figure out a time. You're kidding me. Nope. 
might that might be the best Eli Tomac podcast he's ever done. We, we don't know. Maybe. Wow. That's Sick. incredible. You've been grinding for us. You text That's me every trying. couple weeks and you're like, this guy, we got this guy. And I'm just completely unprepared for this. Dude, we got some good. If we can get these guests that we've talked about on, I think we're going to have a pretty good year of like these bigger um, guest feature episodes. Dude, all it takes is one to just go yeah. viral. We, what we really need to do is start getting some just hot takes. Like, that's what ESPN does now. You know, so that's why Stephen A is so big. Is you just got to talk crazy. We just need, hey, when you're, when you're done racing, oh, I expect, I oh, fully man. expect that from you. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm always going to have the riders back, right? But there's definitely an aspect of it when you're, when you're still, you know, it's still my job to perform on the bike. And I don't want to piss anybody off or disrespect anybody. You know, it might hurt me the next weekend. So, um, it's definitely an added layer still being still being out there, but I, I will pop off here and there. I've always been pretty politically correct, I guess, but um, I, I find myself just like seems like everybody in the world. I get more opinionated the older I get, you know, so I, I've done a great job of not pissing people off so far in my career, but I'm 27 now. I'm getting a bit older and uh, who knows? I might just start talking crazy. Well, speaking of people getting pissed off, a um, little bit of drama. Yeah, let's in, talk in about San this. Diego. Let's talk about this. Uh, first of all, Anderson's your teammate, obviously. Um, did you know this happened after the race? Did Anderson come in pissed? Did you see this happening on track? Like, what what are your thoughts on the situation? I didn't see anything. Um, yeah, after I finished, I just uh, went over to Aaron, gave him a little hug. I was stoked to see that he's. He's a great dude. It's always been very friendly. It's kind of what you see is what you get with him. Uh, but when I got back, put the bike on the stand, I saw Dazzy, which is Jet and Hunter's dad, come over with um, one of the Honda guys. And it looked like he was kind of, I don't know, he was he was kind of like laughing with J Jason a little bit. kind of. Oh, so Jason was talking to him there. Yeah, it was kind of like, it, it, it looked like to me like Dazzy was definitely trying to defuse the situation. Like, sorry about my little shithead kid kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't see it until, until uh, I went on social media and obviously it was blown up everywhere, but yeah, you're not going to be wanting to grab 21's helmet. You know, that <laughs> that's the wrong guy. Like maybe grab my helmet, you know, I, that being said, I don't know. I, do I get, don't know. Did I see yeah, I did I get know. a little, I, once, see, I have a long fuse, but like once I get, once I, once I get there, it's, I go, Red face, but you in the fifty one last year. Oh man, I don't want to talk about fifty one right now. He he cleaned me this weekend. Too. I, I, it happened right in Jeez, front of me. Jeez, dude, right in front of me. What in the world? How bad was it? I never. It, they didn't see it, it on TV. Did he? Sl did he at least slide? I think he slid into you. I don't think it was as aggressive as it probably seemed, but he definitely definitely made contact. Yeah, I mean, he crashed too, right? I I was walking out with Jess on my way to the rental car after the race, and I I saw Justin kind of leaning up against his awning and I just looked at him and I just said I said why just why and it looked like he was struggling for words like kind of just shaking his head you know like I really you know I I think he is a a good dude off the track like it's not like I think he's a bad person I just think he blacks out on the track and there's certainly a part of it I I don't even know how we got off on this topic but um, battles you know, yeah there's a part of it I re I respect uh, of course like you got to do what you got to do to 
to make money racing a dirt bike. But yeah, the T bones we can we can leave those out. So I don't know. I might I I grabbed him by the helmet. I think last year. Um, Indy. Indy. Yeah. So I don't know. I might have to tackle him in practice or something. Because, you know, everybody sees me as a nice as a nice guy, right? And, and the pro- people are always like, well, why don't, why doesn't somebody just, you know, beat him up in the parking lot or, or take him out again, right? And it's, it's a tough thing because your ego, your ego is like, yeah, like, F that guy. Like, I'm going to, you know, I want to destroy him. I mean, I was so pissed off after that race, right? But then... It's like our job is to go out there and get the best result we possibly can. And if it means messing around, and most of the time you're kind of going to have to sacrifice some time to do that to somebody. So it's kind of the mature thing to do is is move on and and just do your best. But at the same time, it's like if if you don't get them back eventually, it's like when people get behind Barsha or get behind Anderson, right? Like they know they're really going to have to make a pass stick and, 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 run. And, and run quickly. And people take you out enough times with no retaliation. When they get up behind you, they're not thinking about any type of retaliation from you, right? Like they're just going to throw it in the soonest they can. And, and that's, what, that's what I need to avoid, you know, being the nice guy. Um, but what, what were you talking about? We were talking so about Jet. You, we were talking about Jet and Jet and, Jet and Anderson. What, what happens next, though? Like, do you think this weekend nothing happens, or do you think, uh, you know, they find each other again on the track and it's going to end up going, someone's going down? Like, what do you think happens next? You know, when I saw all this happening, I thought this is perfect for, for Webb. And, and, exactly and, even, and even, yeah, I think Webb is loving this. And I think Plessinger as well. Like, for some reason, and I, maybe it's just because he won a race, but because Plessinger has been consistent for, you know, he's kind of like a steady top five guy. He has been for a few years now. People kind of write him off as somebody that could win a title, but he looks like he's made a step this year. And I think, you know, I think he's for real. So the more drama that goes on with, with Jet and, um, you know, there was even a little bit of drama with, with, um, chase kind of holding up like the more guys like cooper are going to excel in ap um yeah well not only that but i was talking to daniel blair earlier too and he was saying like cooper almost benefits the most from this anderson thing because now he knows how to get under jet skin almost you know clearly well, it affected him that's like, that's kind of was the off-season kind of conversation is Jet, it does things on a motorcycle that there's no doubt that he has progressed the sport. Guys like Cooper, Eli, Chase is another one that who's progressed the sport. But this this raw speed and, and how easy he's doing this. Like to give you an example, outdoors this this past year, right? Like I've always been a really good qualifier, and and no doubt my health has has kept me from being as fast as I once was, like, straight up. But there were still laps, like, qualifying laps throughout outdoors where I was like, damn, that was, you know, that was pretty good. And, like, I go fast still. And I look at the, I look at the, I look at the times when I get back and, and Jet's got, he's three seconds a lap faster than me. And I'd never in my life have been like, oh, my God, like, I, I don't know how he did that. I've never had that. I've, I've always been like the raw speed guy, right? 
and and so he has um he has progressed the sport everybody knows that they need to to have that raw speed but kind of the off-season talk getting back, getting back to my point was that you you kind of going to need to rough him up a little bit you know to kind of ruffle his feathers a bit yeah ruffle his feathers and outdoors he stayed out of trouble i mean a lot of guys were a lot of guys were hurt as well and he just kind of he got it rolling in the right direction and and once you don't feel like you can mess it up, I think it becomes a, you just put, end up kind of law of attraction. You end up just putting yourself in that position and, and doing it. And it's no doubt it was amazing. But um, I think that's the general vibe is that people need to figure out how to get in his head and, and rough him up and keep him from just getting the start and kind of doing what he did like like Anaheim won. So I think there's going to be a whole lot more of that from, from guys like Jason, um, Cooper, shoot, maybe even Eli. You know, Eli gets angry sometimes. Like he's always really respectful, but uh, but don't piss him. But off. It, yeah, if you if you see the last few years, like since he won that Supercross title, if somebody if somebody kind of roughs him up a little bit, like he he doesn't take it not for a second. So, but yeah, that I think that's been the vibe is like we you got to figure out a way to 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 get in his head. But it's hard. It's hard because he he's got a really good. Like every time I've been around him, he's like a, he's almost just like a little kid. It's like he doesn't even know what he's doing. At first, I thought it was a facade, but I think it's real. Like he he's generally having a lot of. He's fun. nineteen. I mean, yeah, he's nineteen, he's 19 and I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how he responds to this. You know, he's got a lot of the, like you said, we saw Jason's post after the race, and it seems like kind of a lot of the ride. I made a comment. I felt like it was pretty neutral. I said, great for ratings. That's just the commentator in me. But a lot of the riders were on there kind of almost backing Jason up a little bit, right? And I think because Jet is so great and he's been great for a few years now, it becomes real easy to to hate the guy that's, that's crushing it. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds to this. And it's really just the, the burden that comes with, with greatness, really. Have you talked to Ken much this season? I've talked to him a little bit. Um, Ken is never scared to to say how he's feeling. You know, like I love I'll, it. I love yeah, it. I'll call him and he'll just he'll just give me everything right away. But he has been the last couple of years with the Suzuki thing and kind of his schedule and doing the World Supercross. Um, I think Supercross only doing outdoor here and there. Like he's he's really turned over a to me, like, kind of, it's got a new lease on life a little bit, right? Like, he, he doesn't carry that weight on his shoulders where kind of when he was at Honda, it's like, when, he's, when is he going to win a Supercross championship or this or that? Like, it's almost like he's just found more, like, he's always been great, right? But he's just found more confidence in himself, and he, he's been super stoked every time I've talked to him. Just relaxed, having fun, and, and that guy's pretty pretty hard to beat he looks he looks happy right now that's one thing i've noticed is you know i, I feel like his last couple of years at honda just being over there with chase he seemed like the pressure really kind of was weighing on him a bit and maybe the health stuff wasn't all 100 percent either but now he just seems genuinely happy i think the team is firing really well um i, I i've been impressed it just it sucks that his results right now don't show it but he's well, had like weird first lap crashes or whatever it might be that hold him back. Well, I think after his his arm injury in in 2017, like this is a kid who won a GP at 15, 
years old, right? Like he was, he was God wherever he went. It was it was Ken Roxon, and he was he was the guy. And then after the arm injury, and he's had a lot of other health complications to to overcome. I mean, there was a little while there for a few years where people got really sick of him saying, "Oh, I'm sick," or "Oh, I'm this," but. Surgery is really, really tough on your body, and in, in that injury, especially when you have fifteen of them or whatever. Yeah, and that and that injury was, um, it was no joke. But I, I think he was carrying that pressure. He he never had not been the guy before in his life, and I think it, it it's a mental transition to go from being motivated by being the best to being motivated to be the best you can be, you know, and not necessarily, and, and be okay if you get a third or a fourth or a fifth. And and no matter what he's working with that day, if it's a, a sickness or or if the other guys are just faster than him, just to go out there and get everything you can out of it without it kind of mentally weighing on you, feeling, you know, when you're, when you're the guy from a baby until, you know, 25 years old, it's uh, it can be really mentally taxing on you to to not be that anymore, and I think he just is more comfortable in his own skin, and I think he gets the best out of it on any given day instead of letting you know not being the fastest guy weigh him down so much. I agree, I agree. Um, another person that we should talk about that you mentioned earlier, Jorge Prado. Uh, you know, I, I think there was a little unfair pressure that everybody was putting on him. I don't think he felt pressure, but I think everybody on the outside was like, "Oh, he could, you know, top five, whatever." Kind of unrealistic, but he's had a he's had a decent time. I mean, he's been you know healthy. He's been in the in the you know around the top ten area. Um, you battled with him a little bit, but what do you think about Prado so far? Well, first, it, it takes some balls to to throw yourself in a suit. How old is he? Uh, twenty two. Uh, Yeah, somewhere twenty three, maybe twenty four. Yeah, I mean, he's been over. He's been in Europe now for a while, and and typically those guys win an MX two championship, and then they come over here and, and start learning Supercross. Um, in the 250 class, but it takes a lot of balls to be in his position. He's going into um, his first year defending his MXGP title, um, and and I never met him until Anaheim Press Day. But Dude, he's I, so nice, huh? Yeah, super nice guy. And I, I guess I'm just impressed with the move and, and kind of how he's – like I'm impressed with the decision to come over here and do it and mentally the kind of the way he's approaching it. You know, it's – it's a tough time to be a supercross racer right now. Like the gate is is stacked, you know, and and somebody that's used to to winning, obviously, and coming over here and and just just like I always say, like just doing your best. And you know, he gets tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and you know, he's stoked on it. It seems like he's been getting better um, every weekend, and I I think it's a you know I think it's really valuable to the series to kind of to have somebody from over there come here and do that. Obviously a um, as big of a name as he is, so uh, I I am I do find myself a little bit pissed off at him a little bit because this I haven't done a twenty minute moto in practice since uh, December, but um, but yeah no he's a beyond beyond my left ring finger he's uh, he's been great so far. How difficult is it to start a Supercross career on a four fifty versus you know coming in at seventeen on a two fifty? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I've been on so super. Like, do, you, do you think that it's going to hold him back long term? He's 23. We'll say he's 23. I, I really don't know. I mean, when's the last time we saw something like that? 
I, I guess Purcell came over here and he was a little bit older, but he was in the 250 class. Yeah. Um, I definitely think from what I've seen so far, I don't, it would be a reach for me to say that he could like be a championship guy, but he could definitely, I mean, he already is in a way, but he, he could, I think he could be kind of a top five guy, a podium threat guy in the next couple of years. Um, I mean, he only had what, six weeks on Supercross beforehand and I've been riding Supercross since I was 12 years old. So props to props to Jorge. It's okay about the finger, man. I forgive you. <laughs> Another thing I thought that was interesting with this whole Prado situation is when he came over here, everybody was kind of under the impression like when he comes back next year, he's going to be with an Austrian brand, right? It's kind of come out recently that he doesn't have a deal with them. And I've heard that he's talking to, to various teams about getting a ride. Um, that that surprises me a little bit. I, I really thought that the Austrian guys would, would, you know, have that wrapped up already. Yeah, I mean, he went pro at 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. And he's been with, you know, he's been a Red Bull guy forever, too. So that, that is surprising um, to me. But it... I think it's really cool and I think it's a massive compliment to what we have going on over here that he wants to kind of make this leap at where he's at in his career. I mean, he's accomplished everything you really, you can um, in Europe, you know, multiple MX2 titles and an MXGP title. Um, I guess I just applaud the the willingness to come and, and learn something when he's already established, he's going to be on a factory bike in Europe for as long as he wants to be and I don't know. I mean, instead of kind of cementing a legacy over there, something he's already um, started off, you know, really, he's got a solid base over there. Like, to come over here, learn a new culture, you know, move, and, and just be the willingness to be uncomfortable and to, you know, just try something new like that at the position that he's in. He strikes me as somebody that, that just enjoys what he does, you know, and he doesn't, obviously he's not thinking too much about legacy or this or that. He's just like, yeah, man, it seems super cool to ride my dirt bike in a stadium in front of all these people. He, he seems like that guy. And I resonate with that, you know, being, you know, I've, I've loved this forever. So I, I guess I just really, I really respect that, but um, would be very surprised if, if the Austrians do not hold on to him. It'd be, it'd be strange. So moving on to this weekend, what are your uh, what are your thoughts going into day two? Two fifty class has been we haven't talked about that yet, but two fifty class, I think Jordan Smith probably is the guy to beat. But what do you think going into the first actual triple crown cross race and triple, triple crown, yeah. crown. seventy six degrees? I think so. I, something it's just going to be nice. I, I, I can tell you what I'm overrunning roll offs in in twenty uh, twenty seven tear offs on my goggles. I'm over it. Um, I guess two fifty class. Hampshire looks like Hampshire and Smith. It's crazy the stats they've showed on the screen too. They both have raced. They both have ten seasons. They both have like the basically the same number of wins, give or take a win. And um, and they were like best friends growing up, weren't they? Yeah, and they the were amateurs? on. Ge- I remember when I turned kind of my maybe my second year pro. They were both on Geico together. They were kind of always around each other. Um, but yeah, the veterans look like they look like they've figured some things out. Maybe I mean Smith has been really consistent so far, and, and RJ has f- for the most part as well. Thrasher is still somebody that I don't know if anybody's figured out. 
Like he's got he's got crazy speed. Obviously had the knee problem last year. Um, obviously he got the win this weekend in the mud. Uh, Marchbanks, super impressed with Marchbanks so far. Super impressed. The Club MX team in general, I feel like they, I feel like they, and Nicoletti too, um, third and fourth at at San Francisco. Um, Kitchen. Yeah, Kitchen's been good. Have you ridden with him much? I have, yeah. He he has a super chill approach in practice. Like before the season started, I'm like, does this guy know there's a race coming up? You know? And then he goes out there and, and pr- I think he qualified first or second at Anaheim one. I think. Yeah, he was he was good today. Yeah, one. so he that that guy's just a racer. I love his attitude. He's very kind of light he takes it serious, but he's he's lighthearted and um just loves to race. So looking forward to seeing how the two fifty class pans out. Obviously, um T- to be honest with you, my first my first two races, my first three races, the when races go bad, it's really hard for me to watch them back. So just today, I watched two of the three races just to prepare for this podcast. Um, but another one that Juju, what's his Juju? Yeah, actually, he's working with us now. Yeah. Oh no way! Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Thanks. He's, Converge he's Media. Awesome, Let's go. He's, really? He's. Uh, I never talked to him before much, and uh, Daniel actually set that up for us and. Working with him and Davey, like it's a nice, it's a nice group of, of people over there around him. I think he's gonna do good, dude. He might honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he is on the podium here pretty soon. Yeah, he was really impressive to me at Anaheim one, and that's really all we have to go on right now. Yeah, definitely uh, not a good mud rider. He told us that. Really? Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, mud, not my thing." Well, it's weird because isn't he crazy good on a jet ski? He is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't he like a pro or dude? I. Yeah, he, uh, so his dad is like a, I want to say like a multi-time jet ski, like world champion. No way. And then he, Sick. he raced jet skis. I don't know what level, I'm sure pro to some level, but yeah, he's, uh, he's interesting. I think he does like rodeo stuff too. So wow, does a little bit. Of Jack of all trades, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess thoughts for A2 in general, I, I kind of am just excited. It's, it's hard because I'm obviously I'm really focused on on myself and and getting the season um, kind of started off on the right foot. But I'm also a fan. I, I love watching the 250 class. Um, I love watching the races back. And, and sometimes now I'm able to kind of emotionally, I guess, detach from the race and just watch as a fan sometimes when I'm kind of in that mood, I guess. But just I'm excited to see how Jet bounces back if anything more happens with with him and Anderson and really it's just nobody's been able to establish themselves and kind of where we're at with the mud races. So that's exciting. Triple crown. I'm soaked on my starts. I think my starts are, have been really good. Um, so I think it'll be a good one for me. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm just excited to not run roll offs. Yeah. I'm excited to not uh, get completely caked in mud walking around down there. So that, that'll be nice as well. Um, Let's look at some of these questions on Twitter that we got. Did we get some? Yeah, we did get some. Uh, if you're not following the podcast on Twitter, it's plugged in with AC. Hit, hit us with a follow, and then we'll be doing more of these questions. And what are we things. up to now on Twitter? Uh, I don't know. Not not great. We're getting there. Uh, this tweet has 7,500 views. So Oh, all right. We're, we're getting there. Okay. Okay. Um, well, we really haven't been... No. It, the content game is The content game is consistency and volume. Now, I mean, you watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix, right? And it, everything is designed to keep you on the app as long as possible. So we really just got to be more consistent with it. But, you know, we do 
we do have other jobs here. We're so. working on it. We're working on it. I yeah. think uh, once we get this this uh, here podcast studio in your house figured out, and then we can do it remotely. Yeah, the renovations really good. set us back. We'll, we'll, we'll be we'll be more uh, consistent. Anyway, let's hit me with this question. Okay, the first one uh, is from this Justin MXSX. He said, if you could add one city or venue to the SX schedule, what would it be and why? One city? Oh, man. I don't know. What city? Let's do one that we have never gone to. Is there a, is there a um, stadium in Oklahoma? Uh, yeah, I guess the university stadium probably be pretty sick. Yeah, I'm down. I don't why, know. Why Oklahoma, though? It's random. I don't know. It just seems like those guys don't get to see a lot of races in person, so... Oh, Kansas City would be cool, maybe. Be, we were going to go there last year. I don't know uh, what happened, but... Uh, More races know. in Florida. Miami? <sighs> I don't I feel like that'd be dope. Dude, I don't... It's The Florida thing is weird, because you would think that Florida would sell incredibly well, because there's just so many, like, moto and outdoors it people there. I don't think it does. Like, I, you know, a couple years ago, we had uh, we had Orlando. We had, like, we had the residency there, right? Yeah. Three races in a row. I don't know if those did that well. Uh, I haven't seen any official numbers, but just are judging, we even are we crowd. going to Tampa this year? No, no Tampa this year. Don't believe just Daytona. I'm pretty sure. But, but hell, we used to go to Jacksonville. Yeah, but that um, place always. I mean, remember I didn't go to that one ever. But you remember Jacksonville '09 with with Chad and James? Oh yeah, yeah, that oh, yeah. was wild. And it, this, there was like two thousand people in the stadium to watch it. Yeah, that would be. I think my my dream not dream venue but a cool one to go to would be the uh, university of texas one in austin because okay. think think about this we texas could do guy. i do like texas we could do moto gp on sunday there and then supercross on saturday at the college stadium same weekend that would be sick big brain energy that'd right be there. sick i'm sure there's a lot more to it than that but you give know, me another question cool uh how strict are you with your diet this is ryan i don't know how to say your last name ryan i'm sorry but uh how strict are you with your diet what does a typical day of food look like, and do you allow oh, cheat geez. days? I feel like you need – what did you say? Allowed what? Your, what is your diet, and do you allow cheat days? Cheat days. I guess walk us through just a, a day of like what you do. <sighs> well, it's, it's really nice um, having my, my girlfriend, Jess, here. She, um, she is an athlete in her own right, Division One college athlete. She just – she's finishing up her master's degree, so she just formally retired. She is now done, but she's on break here. Um, before next semester and she helps out Um, sometimes so I've lived um, pretty much alone since I was 17 so I had to learn how to cook and and do the basics and I really just try to keep it simple you know make sure I'm getting um, enough vegetables and um, you know all the good stuff not like yeah I'm not crazy strict like if I if I want ice cream one day out of the week I'm I'm gonna go get it you know Um, but I know my body well enough now I've been doing this a long enough time where I kind of the thing where I get in trouble, the only thing I really have to watch is how much I eat. I have a tendency to not eat enough. For some reason, when I get my heart rate up, like when I leave the track, say it's 1 or 2 o'clock, I, it takes me a while to, to be hungry again. So a lot of times I'm having to force myself kind of to eat more. That's something I, I noticed early in my career. I would kind of start to get tired as the season went on, and so you just have to keep up on the calories, really. So... Um, yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. I'm not weighing my food or anything like, uh, my buddy Lawson Craddock, you know, in the, in the cycling world. All right. Next one from Mike Funk. Do you think altercations like Jet and Anderson are good for the sport 
or bad for the sport? Do we need more rivalries in the sport or should everyone just get along? Yeah, so I think we're always we're always we're always telling riders to have more personality and not be robots, you know, everybody just going down a list of sponsors on the podium and then when something like this happens, when there is some emotions flying around, it's like somebody ends up getting absolutely roasted, right? So I think it's it's dirt bike racing. It's always going to be gnarly. And I can tell you as, you know, being out there myself, that it it's pretty personal. Like, it, it there's, some, there's some real beefs out there. And you, you know, there's just not a lot of, there's not a lot of places in, in dirt bikes to make a lot of money. And so everybody's scratching and clawing all the time. I mean, you, you have your established guys that, you know, have security, but... Um, yeah, it gets real chippy out there. So I, I think, obviously, from a ratings perspective, like I commented on Jason's post, I think the more of that stuff that happens, um, the more people will watch. I mean, I do, for me personally, I try to hold myself accountable to a, I guess, just a standard I have for myself in terms of my behavior and how I react to situations. Not saying violence is the answer, but... Um, you know, emotions run high in sports and life, and sometimes it's going to happen. And I don't think I, nobody's really stressing the fine. I think, you know, the the AMA has to do that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's dirt bike racing. I, I love it. You know, it's it's made this week exciting. Like social media is popping off all over the place. I enjoy excitement around the sport like that. So as long as you know nobody's getting injured, you know, getting beat up in the parking lot or anything like that, I'm good with it. So one thing I wanted to talk about on that subject is I saw a lot of comments this week about, you know, why is Feld promoting the the fight? Why are they promoting him and Anderson getting into it? And they're going to find them. Mm. People need to understand that the AMA is yeah. the people that find people. And it's not it's not even bad on the AMA. That's, that's in the rule book. It's part of it. Like, it is what it is. It's part of being a professional. You have, to, you have to have a standard as an organization. Yes. yes. And Feld is the promoter. Just like you can't pee behind a porta potty. Exactly, yeah. You know yeah, that first 1500 bucks. Exactly. That's more than that. It, that. That was more than Anderson got. Um, Feld promotes the races. They're trying to grow the sport. Of course, they're going to post the stuff that is going to get views. Like you just said, the goal is to grow the sport. So everyone hating on Feld for posting that stuff... It's 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 it, part of sports. Yeah, I I hear you on that, and I always see people not understanding that. Sometimes I feel like people um, think like NBC. Like I've seen comments about like NBC. Like the, like people don't know difference between the a, like AMA, no, Fell, the TV, like all that. But if you're going to get, I realize this a long time ago. If you're going to get um, super pissed off every time other people are mad at something that doesn't make sense you're in for a very long and grueling existence definitely you know it's just it's just the nature of the game definitely so all right next question from mike donaldson i've always wondered if riders have some sort of retirement or pensions through the ama or their teams or or what what does that look like for you guys yeah no we don't there's you're kind of on your own i mean same thing with uh you know like medical health insurance insurance. stuff like that i mean you see riders that have big injuries and you know i think gofundme is the is kind of the typical route road to recovery does some great things within the sport um we all try to kind of stick together the best we can but yeah you're pretty much on your own when it comes to injuries retirement and and all that stuff i would recommend real estate if you have the capital (laughs) 
All right, last one is from Cody. What does AC do after his racing career? He'd be a damn good TV guy. Man, I love the sound of that. It's interesting. Um, it's hard, man. I mean, this is this is all I've this is all I've ever known, and anything that comes next is is just a massive leap into the unknown. And us humans, there's nothing that scares us more than that. So um, I know that whatever I do, I am going to stay really busy. And I'm going to attack it the same way I've attacked this, you know. And I, I think I do have the skill set, um, and I do have the love for the sport to to be a great commentator. That said, we do already have some some great talents and TV personalities in the booth. Obviously, RC James. It's hard to to compete with guys like that that have the pedigree in the sport. You know, their their words hold so much weight. Um, but I do believe that I will be in that position, you know, um, eventually. And, yeah, definitely something definitely something that, that is crossing my mind a lot more um, kind of the, the older I get. You know, I'm a, I'm a veteran now. so um, But I'm excited. Like, I think when you have thoughts of retirement, right, and, and when you're an athlete and you're known for one thing, you know, you kind of feel like, at least initially when thinking about it, you kind of feel like that is kind of the end of your life, right? Like you're kind of just like going to ride it out from there and kind of keep yourself busy. And I don't want to be that way. I think, you know, and not to be, obviously people know I'm not trying to be cocky, but I I think I have um, a lot of value elsewhere. You know, I, I think I've, obviously been able to have a good career on a dirt bike and I'm, I'm stoked on that. And I think it's given me a platform to go and attack other things. And, um, you know, I've thought about going back to school, getting a degree, um, traveling There's so many things I haven't seen and the places I have been most of the time I'm racing and I'm don't get, to you know, getting room it. service and like going to bed at eight. So uh, there's so much to do in life. And obviously I'm present in this moment now and, and doing, you know, doing my best and really enjoying it, like like I mentioned earlier. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting. All right, last thing that we, we'll go over here is uh, after Anaheim won, Adam Stern tweeted uh, the TV viewership for, for the live broadcast on USA. Um, it says 20, 228,000 viewers live on USA Network with a sold-out uh, attendance of 45,000 people. People are looking at that and thinking it's low, which, you know, compared to – NFL games, of course, that's that's low. But I think what people don't understand is is you can stream these races on Peacock for one, which I would assume most people do, and then globally on the Super Motocross Video Pass. So I would love, and maybe this is something we can talk to like Prater about when we get yeah. him on here. But I would love to know the full numbers because I would have to imagine it's it's closer to maybe five six hundred thousand. More than what do you that, think? I think. You think so? Yeah, I in general being in the industry and you know this like the last 10 years from the time I went pro kind of to now it we did have these massive names right like James Stewart was still there Villapoto uh Dungey so I think nostalgia kind of plays tricks on us a little bit because it's like who we grew up watching and it's always going to feel like a little bit bigger back in the day you know people talk about the early 2000s a lot with MC and RC on Jay Leno and stuff like that right but I think I think it's it's a process and I feel like the sport is more relevant 
than ever. And that's just my general feeling of being in the industry and seeing the conversations around it and my conversations with my agent and, um, you know, everybody that we're, we're kind of colleagues with, right? So I think we're in a great place. We have a couple more teams coming in. Triumph Ducati is going to be here in a couple years. Uh, we're, we're, we're starting to look like F1 in a, I mean, in a way with, with all factory guys on the gate. I mean, there's only a few privateers now that are in the main event, right? So, um, yeah, I think it's a process, but um, I do think we have maybe a little bit of a problem wanting to keep the sport. We say we want the sport to be bigger, to have more money in it and all this, but there's kind of an aspect of it where like, it's almost like people don't want it to be commercialized. You know, it's kind of like we're, um, I don't know, just gatekeeping a little bit. They want it to stay core. Almost. Yeah, they want it to stay core. And it's kind of like punk rock and, and Blink-182, right? Like people say, Blink's not punk. Um, because it's, it was a bit more, it's a bit more of a radio sound than whoever. But... Um, yeah, I, I think I think we do have a lot of room for growth. I think we're figuring it out. We finally took a big swing with the with the SMX, um, with all the races being available on the same streaming service, and with the talent that we have, and with the level where it's at. Like, I'm really excited to I'm really excited just to watch myself, you know. And I think um, I think it's just going to have more commercial appeal and. We just need to keep the tracks open, keep the noise down. <laughs> you know, I agree. That's it. Um, yeah, man. What else? I think that's pretty much it. I'm look, definitely looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I guess we'll we'll talk to everyone again next week, and then we'll recap the next one. Yeah, this was uh, this was kind of a last minute uh, little podcast that we got in here. So apologies if it's a little bit all over the board. I need to get back into the groove. I find it really difficult going from being interviewed all the time and then yeah it's like um it's like you're trying to be too formal when you're on the show you know but i i think that's where i see this podcast going and and where i can add value you know you already have a lot of really good podcasts out there you have gypsy tales you have um steve mathis at pulp mx there's there's a lot of um good stuff out there but i kind of want this to be a little bit more of a casual conversation i thought the interview that we did with um, Davy Coombs was great, very candid, and the chase know, one popped up. Yeah, too. and the chase one was great too, and just how comfortable he was and how forthcoming he was with with the information. And that's what I want to do is I want, you know, we'll do some of these obviously on our own uh, race recap stuff, and uh, when any drama pops off, we'll um, we'll get on it. But that's what kind of what I want it to be, you know, is a little bit more just down to earth and you kind of see a different side of things and look, and, you know, instead of it being so formal. So yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I appreciate you coming here and doing this. Of course, of course we're ready for it. Um, follow us on all the social media plugged in with AC. Yeah. Let's get to, I don't know. Try what do we, what do we have there. like 200 followers? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's getting, yeah. There. You know, we, we just got to be consistent with it. You know, we've got to be consistent with it. And I told you before San Diego, we've been trying for three weeks now. We're like, we're going to do a podcast after the race. And I'm always just like, dude, I got eighth. Like, I'm leaving, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, we'll get on it more. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, hopefully we'll have some more coming at you soon. And thank you. Thanks, everyone.